You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another season of In the Dome Podcast, Podcast, Podcast. All right, officially uh, season three, episode one. I know that we've been doing some preseason episodes, but we thought we'd make it official. We're back for season three. I'm back, baby. If you've stuck with us since the beginning, (laughs) we commend you. Kudos to you. And if you're new, well, we also commend you too. <laughs> but let's get into it. Uh, game one. Listen, I know it's the Edmonton Oilers. You want nothing. Nothing is, is worse than losing to the Edmonton Oilers when Connor McDavid beats you. And he's out there celebrating like it's the fucking Stanley Cup. Listen, this guy scores how many goals a season? 100? Tone down the celebration, bud. It's game one here. Does nobody ever say to him, like, isn't that the thing? Like, I remember Stevie Y, right? Joe Sackett. You know? Act like you've yeah. been there before. Yeah. Dude. It's game two of the season, and you're out there celebrating like you won the Stanley Cup. It's probably because his grandma was in the house. And it's like, how many other guys get criticized for doing that shit? That's like, remember when Ovi, like, Ovi gets crushed for doing it, but if it's Mr. McJesus Zitface, who's Mr. Canadian, everybody loves it or doesn't say a word. How do you like Elliot in the intermission saying like the ref should preferentially call um, the game around McDavid? Insane. Listen, the circle jerk was pretty much under control for the first. It wasn't bad for the first period and intermission. And then as soon as he has his two goals, yeah. now every stoppage of play, it's some little fucking new tidbit about McDonald. <laughs> I don't know what McNeckbeard, McAcne, McRegular season. McRegular and season is the good McUgly. Yeah. McUgly is pretty good. People like McNeckbeard. Mc, I've been using McPubeface lately. That's a McPubeface. Okay. That one sounds Mc, catchy. McElbow as of late. McElbow is uh, good. That's been making its rounds on yeah. Twitter. Seeing as the guy comes out and bitch, he literally is like crying in a post-game press conference about Tanev. In the in the preseason. And then what, 24 hours, 48 hours later, he's out there just throwing elbows again. Like, double standard? Oh, I wish the game was called more fairly. They should really call it more elbow. <laughs> eh? Literally throwing elbows. One at Quinn Hughes, the other one is at Cabranson. The one at Cabranson wasn't, wasn't too bad. But the one at Quinn Hughes, man. Oh, the one at Quinn Hughes is terrible. It's like he leaps forward, and then Quinn Hughes smashes into his goaltender. Hmm, where have we seen that before? Mm, yeah, but they need to call that, you guys. You guys. Oh, I just wish that, uh, you know, you would start calling more penalties around here. Uh, somebody, get the ma- 
somebody get the man some ointment. Like I, everybody else, like Johnny Gaudreau looked really good. He was like all tanned and shit. Johnny guys, Johnny's looking sexy. All these guys are coming back from summer, like looking good, looking healthy. And McDavid is just like red. He's get this man some ointment, Connor. Get some I, ointment or something. Get some sunlight, bro. Like, geez, you're, he's always all red. Can the Edmonton Oilers help this guy? As an, I guess they would, could, wouldn't be able to. Can they get him some some uh, sponsorship deals with Gillette? Can we get him into commercial actually shaving his neck beard? Is that too much to ask? Can we get him on Accutane commercial where he's actually taking the product and, and showing us afterwards how good his complexion looks now? We need a, one of his horrible uh, Instagram posts that are all sponsorships, but yeah, for Gillette or for uh, Proactive or some shit. Come on, Connor. So the game as a whole, my tweet after the game, and this is really how I feel. If, if that's not Edmonton, yeah, I'll take that loss all day fucking long. 100%. You outplay them five on five. Look, the first period, they looked great, I thought. You're down one of your top six players. You're starting late to the season. Like, what is this late to the season bullshit? Oilers have the upper hand. They've already played one game against the Canucks at home. They haven't had to travel. They've been sitting there waiting for Calgary. They have a game under their belt. The, the oils, what, the joints are all oiled up. They're greased. They're ready to go. The Flames come in hungry, but they haven't had any game time action yet. They're still a little rusty, but they oh, took you, it to you could see the rust, right? Like they couldn't make a friggin' pass all night. We'll get into some individuals. I mean, look at Sean Monahan. You can't you can't berate this guy too hard. He only played what one and a period preseason games coming off of surgery in the offseason. It's going to take him a bit to get going, but you saw that I think throughout the lineup through a few guys where it's just like. They're, you're not going to see these guys get into midseason form yet. With all that things considered, it's a new coach, semi-new coach. It's, it's Daryl's first run at having an actual preseason, having these guys prepared. I thought it was a. I thought the, the Flames actually did pretty well, all things considered. And like I said, I don't mind that loss. If you if you remove McDavid from the game, yeah, we win the game. We got McDavid. McDavid did again. Again, put this guy on the power play. I mean, look, the Ryan goal, it's a lucky bounce. That's a fluky goal. But then it's a sexy finish. And you kind of wish, wish Zadorov would, you know, impose his size on, you know, five foot two Derek Ryan there and make sure he can't get to that puck. It's a good, it's a good finish, though. You, you can't either. The, uh, the lucky bounce to McDavid. And look, that's oh yeah, that's, that's a hell of a finish too. Like how many what how many players in the league can score from there on his off foot that quickly put a top shelf? Well, right. I um, was thinking like if that if that was have you ever seen Gaudreau? Do there's that? nobody. There's like, no there's one on no our team. Fucking way. There's no one on our team. Maybe Dubé yeah. finishes that, but only McDavid's finishing that. Even though it was a lucky bounce to him. You take that out. You take the power plays out. The Calgary Flames, if we had more ability to score, which is going to be the storyline throughout the season, is it not? It was, I mean, there, yeah. There's that one play Kachuk has where he has Smith down beat. That's when he should have yeah. went between the legs. But yeah, come on, Matt. Maybe he listened to the podcast too much. He was like, in the dome, doesn't want me to go between my legs. I, I think he almost had Smith. That was a lucky save. Smith's five hole was wide open, as it always is. And he just kind of missed his shot a little bit, put it right into his knee. So, 
Before we get to the Flames, what were your thoughts on Mike Smith? I mean, you get you catch you catch him wandering what twice. He he almost fumbles it, and then you're peppering him, but you're not getting quality chances. Yeah. Um, there's one play where Lucic goes five hole intentionally. Smith shuts the door, but you didn't see a lot of intentional five hole. You know that's his weak spot. I just don't think that they're maybe they're just not able to generate you know the the chances from where they need to. But they're not. They didn't really test Smith enough, personally, for my liking. Well, I, the thing that just blows my mind is like McDavid's goals were both. One was a bounce, sure, but they're both cross ice goals, right? Like if you get Mike Smith moving laterally, you're gonna score on him nine times out of ten. Was there like one? There was one play, one timer, and Lindholm scored on it. Um, but otherwise, there was like there was no cross ice plays getting him moved laterally at all. Like that's how you beat Mike Smith. That's what kind of bugged me. It was just a lot of perimeter shots. I mean, sure, they had some. Manjapani had a few chances in tight. So did Kachuk. But, I mean, if you're going to beat Mike Smith, you got to move the puck east-west. And I didn't see very much of that. So, I don't know. Smith did what he does and is annoying and whatever. Let's start off with what the team did well. You look at the game report from out of the game. Walk us, walk us through this. I mean, obviously, you lose the game on special teams. Right. Five on five. I think we carried the bulk of the play. It generated more chances. If you replay that game, that yeah. if you replay that exact game five more times, you probably win them at least two or three times. I think if you play that game 10 more times, you, you, you win that game nine times out of 10. Like, like you said, the flames came out really, really strong. I thought they were moving the puck up the ice. They were playing with pace. They controlled the puck. Right. Like Edmonton, they, they really didn't, let Edmonton get much going at all. Um, and then like for pretty much the entire night, they, they owned them at five on five. Right. Yeah. I think high danger scoring chances were 10, seven Calgary. They had the expected goal share at about 60% to Edmonton's 40% scoring chances, 25 to 12 for the flame shot attempts 52 to 30. So they had the puck all night. But except for on the, except our power play is no, yeah, the power, our power play, play is so bad. Our power play is not where our power play needs to be, let alone Edmonton's is already in another fucking like you saw the play. difference, right? And we'll get into yeah. the penalty problems in a minute, but um, you saw the difference in what the guys on the Oilers' power play can do. It's like 700 million chances, and then it's in your net, it's all over the place, it's chaos. And then you saw what our power play can do, and it's like. I guess they're having uh, Lindholm and Gaudreau on their strong sides again. Like, what was the strategy last night? Like, Gaudreau floated those wristers in from the high boards like 10 fucking times. Johnny looked off to me last night. Um, I can't wait to see him in midseason form. But it just kind of seems that when the games get heated and that fucking game got heated, there was two points in the game where it's just like, whoa, (laughs) this shit's getting intense. But... It just I, I hate I hate this because I fucking love Johnny Gaudreau, but I don't understand when the when the games get to that heat level, he seems to not want the puck anymore. It's like he thinks he's gonna get targeted, which he's not. Nothing's really changing, Johnny. No one's targeting you more just because the game's heated. Well, there's so, a play, there's a play last night I think that speaks to what you're saying is he beats uh was it nurse? He makes a yeah. wicked dangle at the blue line, right? Yeah, like just wicked. Beats him. He's got a lane to the net. If he bears down and cuts hard to the net, he's got a lane. And he just kind of sticks to the outside and lets a backhand go that 
is it easy? I don't know if Smith saved it or he missed the net or whatever, but nurse got a heat nurse got back in time. Got a little, little stick on stick. But if you watch it in the replay, like Johnny hasn't beat, if he just literally cuts to the middle, like maybe you're going to get hit, but my thing with Johnny to is the that net, bro, no one's targeting you just because the game gets heated. Like you're still just as hard to hit, right? Like, don't worry about getting hurt. You're not going to get hurt. Just dial your game in more. Don't be scared. He well, looks, and that's that's what used to like make him so scared. effective, right? Like, because I think you've seen, you've, you've seen, uh, I don't know if it's an evolution, but a bit of a shift in Gaudreau's game. And we saw this um, definitely in the 2019-2020 season where he wasn't getting to the dangerous areas of the ice very much. Yeah. Primarily the center of the ice, because that's what used to make him so damn effective is like, he dares you to hit him. He's like, come hit me, bitch. I'm so small. You can't. And then you try to hit him and he makes you look like a fool because he's so shifty and so good with the puck and so quick in tight spaces. Um, so you just want to see him doing that more, getting to the high traffic areas, cutting to the middle of the ice when he's got the puck. Like how many times does this guy go wide now on a zone entry win or button back when he used to just take it right to the middle of the ice and open up the play for the entire line that he's playing on? Yeah, I think he will just a matter of time. And again, it's just like, how much can you really chalk up under game one of the season? Yeah. When it's a delayed start for some fucking reason, there's teams out there that play three games <laughs> before the flames see any ice, ice time action. Um, regardless, like I said, all things considering, I thought it was a good game, but yeah, power play stunk. Power play I mean, stunk. Get- and I, I don't understand what, the, what they're doing. Like, like, did you see? Was there? It was Lindholm's goal. Was the only like dangerous chance on the power play. Like they're Rich, going, wow. they're going for tips and rebounds. I guess. Yeah. Which nice defensive breakdown. You have good chuck. <laughs> you're already short. You're already down. And this is hopefully a, a, a reoccurring theme we're going to see in Edmonton all season long. Chuck's down low. You already have the man advantage, and two Oilers defenders go to play good chuck. Uh, you're going to leave somebody <laughs> wide wide open in the slot. That's what happened. If it's a guy like Lindholm, he can bury. Um, I mean, we usually give Smith a hard time for staring down his defenseman after he lets a goal in. But that one he, was valid. He definitely, yeah. I would, I'd be staring him down too. Um, what do you think of Monaghan's game overall? Look, if you're looking at the power play as a whole, did this guy bring any value at all to the game last night? I don't want to oh, harp yeah. on too much because of what we already talked about. But fuck, he needs to pick it up. All I was thinking is, Kate. Okay, if Manjipani is on in Monahan's spot on the power play, we probably have like three or four more quality chances um, yep. on the power play. Cause like, again, like F five on five Monahan was actually surprisingly okay. Like he carried play for the most part. Maybe that's just an effective playing with Manjipani uh, for a large chunk of the night. But I mean, dude, did he like even have a shot on the power play? Did you even notice him on the power play? Where do you <clears throat> want to utilize him in the power play? I don't get it. Yeah, see, and that's what I don't get is, like, I don't understand the player utilization from top to bottom on the power play. Okay, so you're going to have Johnny Gaudreau, your best playmaker, like, shooting the, like, dude took a fucking slap shot from, like, the blue line last night. Like, that's what you're, he's got the worst shot in the league. He's, like, five foot two. He uses, like, a 50 flex stick. <laughs> that's your strategy? I mean, I just don't get where everybody's situated. And Monaghan, to me, still, they haven't been able to figure this shit out because they've just had him, like, cruising way high in the high slot for the last two years. Yeah. And 
What's he going to do up there? Because, like, he's good at finishing in tight. He doesn't necessarily have a wicked one-timer or a shot that's really heavy, but he can snipe. So, yep. I don't know. I would I would swap him and Manji upon him. Put, put Manji on PP2 and just let him be the trigger man. That's Everything funnels through him. That's what I would, how it operate, PP2. Yeah. Like, I was bitching and moaning. I was like, when's the last time you've seen a one-timer on a Flames power play? And then Lindholm scored that. But that's not a set play, right? Like, that's just a heads-up play by Chuck to find his guy with a huge defensive breakdown like when's yeah. the last time you saw a, a one-timer set up on the flames power play like from the slot or from from the half wall you never see it no nope. I, I don't on, understand not, on off, not with guys on their off wings the only one time you get is that quick pass to Lindholm and he corrals it which seems to work okay but how much more would it work if these guys were shooting on on their off wings one time opening up so yeah, I don't, I don't get it. And, and you, you I, don't even, not even the one timer. Like you, you saw, you, Gaudreau almost got Lindholm on that play they've tried for, they, they like for years, where they kind of move the puck around and then Gaudreau gets it to Lindholm on his strong side. And he, he doesn't one time it, but he's able to bury it. He almost had that one last night. But I mean, still, you barely saw that at all. Just like uh, too much perimeter shit on the power play. I don't know what they're thinking. I'm, I'm curious <laughs> to see when Coleman's back in the lineup if he's actually in Monaghan's spot on PP1. It's going to be interesting to see how Monaghan is utilized. After the game, Daryl says he likes he liked the game five on five. Um, it was, you know, the two power play goals, they lost the momentum. That was kind of where the game, where the yeah. balance of the game fell out of favor for the Flames. But then he's talking about, he says Lindholm ran out of gas at the end, probably from playing too much early this early in the season because they were rolling with three centers for the most part. Uh, with the 11 forwards and 7D. And then he said, and then he gets to Sean. Well, he goes, he says, same for backs. And then Sean, he's like, Sean, he needs to get up to speed. <laughs> and I don't think that's so much a knock on him as it is, you know, pointing out the circumstances that he's under and yeah. where he sees that the bar that Sean needs to get to. But at least he's, at least he's honest, right? Like if, if that's, the Sean Monahan we're going to see all season. Yeah, that's no. Um, good. That's not a good sign for the Calgary Flames and their playoff chances because we need this guy scoring goals. Yeah, Monahan only played fifty. Eric Branson played more than Monahan last night. He only played fifteen twenty-five. Um, but like I said, he was okay five on five. I don't know how much that was just playing with Monjapani. Like he was well over seventy percent expected goals. So I don't know. He needs to be doing more though. Like he needs to be dangerous. He wasn't dangerous at all. He was getting pushed around by Zach Cassie. Yeah, eh? totally. And holy shit. All right, let's get to some of this feisty stuff. Yeah, we got to because it's burning a hole in my chest in your here. soul. It's pissing me. It's pissing me off. What, that, what was the... that play in particular? It's okay. Like, that's what I don't understand. Where's Lucic, right? Like, Zach Cassian just nails Sean Monahan, fucks with them, blows him a fucking kiss, and there's no response from a guy like Lucic. I didn't see Lucic uh, do anything all game. Did he it's even play last night? He had that shot. That's it. I don't get it. I really don't. Like and that's why it. he's on the team. I thought he's out there trying to play a good hockey game, and I don't know what his expected goal. What, what were his, his numbers? Well, the game? only the only three forwards who were I think below fifty percent last night were <laughs> Backlund, Lucic, and Lewis. Okay, so if you're Lucic and that's the situation, 
you better leave a stamp on the game in some way. I mean, did he have one hit? There was one time in the game where he was down low and he kind of pushed a guy off the puck. He didn't have one fucking hit other than that, did he? Not that I can remember. This guy didn't stand out at all. In a game that was fucking heated, there was two points in the game where it was like, holy shit, man, this is getting intense. Like, my... (laughs) My blood pressure was increasing just watching it. Uh, it was so funny because I was went into last night's game being like, okay, hey, this season is going to be different. I can't be angry all the time. I can't be pissed. I just have to sit down and enjoy the game. And then like two minutes into the game, I'm cursing, screaming. Just my blood is just boiling in every little thing. So it looks like it's going to be another uh, right. one of those years for me. The first, the first, this, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the first you know, temperature increase in the game is the Rasmus Sanderson, uh, Tyler Yamamoto. <laughs> engagement. Is that, that's, that's when it really got intense first, right? That was the first little bout we saw. Well, wasn't um, there one play before that where Yamamoto was, was screwing around and somebody gave him the business. Yeah. That might've been just the, I can't, I can't remember the sequence of events, but after the game, Daryl was asked about that. And he actually mentions that, well, something that we've talked about is being um, harder in front of our goalie. So much in so much words, he's saying protecting the goalie in those situations, because he says that the last season before he got there, and when he first got there, the team wasn't doing that at all. They weren't protecting the front of the net. So he says that that's that's been a message that's been sent, and that's probably why that happened, and. Fuck, how fast did you fall back in love with Rasmus Anderson <laughs> instantly after he smashes Tyler Yamamoto's head into the glass um, after the game? I guess Elliot, I didn't see it, but I, it was making its round on Twitter. I think it was see uh, a Red Central. Um, Justin was saying that there was a clip that Elliot found and he showed that shows from the opposite angle, not the one they showed a thousand times. Yeah. The one angle where it looks like he headbutted him. There's an opposite angle where his glove is in between. So yeah. it wasn't, it was not a headbutt, but um, fuck, that was awesome. <laughs> okay. And then he just drops the one glove and he's just throwing punches. I'm just like, Rasmus Anderson, I love you once again. It's so goddamn hard to not love stuff like that. Cause like, and then didn't the other score on the ensuing power play? Well, well, it was a, it was a, a double, it was, the, it was the double minor. Is a double minor, which let's just say the officiating sucked, but why, why is that a double minor? Exactly. I guess it, maybe because he took, he's throwing punches. I guess you don't want to give him a five. So maybe, but shouldn't Tyler Yamamoto get one? Right. They, they shouldn't be going up for four minutes. I want to play like that. Maximum two minutes. Right, yeah, that's a you take one and you give them two. I I don't understand the four minutes, but shit, dude, that I thought he headbutted him. I first saw it. We I was watching it with my friend, and we we're like, holy shit! And then you you saw the other angle, and it clearly wasn't like maybe he kind of used his head as like a battering ram for his uh, glove, but I don't think it was a headbutt. I thought Rasp Rasp had a good game. I, yeah, I liked. <clears throat> He had some he edge looked, to his game. He looked he looked slow though, was my one concern. Yeah, he, like he's man. He is slow. Which is like the flame again, the flames owned the puck five on five last night, but that D got exposed quite frequently in moments. Um 
when McDavid was on the ice and some other guys like Jerome McGinley, uh, extraordinaire Zach Hyman. So Eric Branson was pretty good for the first two. Or, uh, sorry. Yeah, he was fun. Uh, uh, well, no, not Branson. Debrasque. I'm trying to, I don't know why I say. Oh. <laughs> um, Louis Debrasque was, was okay. I kind of forgot it was even Debrasque until he y- says. Usually he's literally yeah. salivating over fucking yeah. Connor McDavid all game in the Edmonton others, but he was pretty good for the first two periods. Um, but then, yeah, after the, I think after that comment, <laughs> comparing Zach Cassian to uh, no Zach Hyman, sorry Zach Hyman to what future Hall of Famer Jerome McGinley is he in the is he in the Hall of Fame yet? Well, he would have been inducted last year, but the Hall of Fame was shut down, so I think it's this November it's happening. So fuck right off, Lee. <laughs> I almost spit my. I was like, "What? The, what is he on here?" Jeez. So why don't you walk us through uh, the breakdown of how the defense fared out after last game? Because shockingly enough, Eric Branson, who actually looked good, you didn't see him get caught much. Him and Val Mackey were the pairing that led the Flames last night. Well, they played easy. They definitely played easy minutes, right? Which yeah, that's they were. What, that's what a third pairing is supposed to do. But all you can ask a third pairing to do in their sheltered minutes is to not suck like i think branson had like a 71 percent offensive zone face off uh start percentage so he was utilizing the offensive zone a lot so i'm not gonna like say he's gonna be great the rest of the year but he did what he was supposed to do which was i wish he would have beat the living piss out of cassian though um yeah but i mean I he mean, did what he was supposed to do which would not fuck up and give you okay third pairing minutes yeah, Cassian was starting to get a little out of control there. Then it goes to commercial break, and then it's the intermission, so it kind of cools off. But if Cassian would have tried one more thing, I probably Gabranson probably would have stepped in. But Gabranson's not really getting a lot. Why of didn't Lucic right? ever fight Cassian? That's what I don't understand. Like, I don't. Why doesn't Lucic do anything? Why did they even dress him for these games? Exactly. If, like, if he's how be invisible is he? He fought Darnell Nurse. He had to be like goaded into fighting his best bud. And like that's the one thing he's ever done in the Battle of Alberta. Like he gets more invisible in the in the Edmonton games. It's unreal. Fucking Andrew Mangiapane is getting more dirty than Lucic in those games. Dude, Sean Monahan is getting more dirty for shit's sake. It seems like I I don't get this guy. Anyways, Valamaki and yeah, Valamaki and uh, Branson were the third pairing for most of the night. I don't know what Oliver Shillington did to deserve being benched for the entire game. I thought he looked very good, and he wasn't on the ice for a scoring chance in his, what, three minutes? Yeah, if any of the defense stand out in terms of, you know, giving you a memory of the game, it was yeah. Shillington, and he only had three minutes of ice time. I mean, he stood out with three minutes of ice time. Who does that? Yeah, and that's what that's what I don't get about, like, hey, isn't if he plays good, why doesn't he get more ice time? He did more with his three minutes than you could have asked. So I, I don't get it. Like I, I really don't get it. Like I thought he was, he was just as good, if not better than anyone else back there. Um, the second pairing was okay. I guess they were kind of being used interchangeably. Um, Anderson and Hannafin were pretty good. They had a 57 and 56 expected goals, four percentage respectively, but the, Tanev and Zadorov pairing got eaten a fucking alive last night. Holy shit. I mean, Zadorov on that. Uh, no, man, what's, that's, what's a back, that's a backbreaker. What's that, guys? What's that, guys? Yes, see, yes. it's not Jesse. It's Yesa. It's Yesa. If there's anybody whose face bugs me more than 
David. It's his. <coughs> you just you just mean his mouth. His mouth is like Holy a giant crater. Eh? Yeah. All I was hoping for last night was somebody's gonna clock one of those guys. Lewis did peg Cuckoo pretty good, but oh yeah, that was nice. Forty-five year old. Uh... God, he, look, he looks like an old man dude, eh? he looks like it's old he looks as old as my dad like dude he, he's like oh like holy shit he's not even that looks, old is he looks like, like brett garner it's like brett garner from the yankees <laughs> it's like fucking dude you're 80 and you're still playing but yeah. um yeah no fuck though that was a nice hit for sure but um, yeah man i think if there's any takeaway from last night it's that uh yeah Nikita Zadorov. Yeah. That that's uh, might not be the best option to play with Chris Tanev on the top pairing. No. And you got I don't know, man. You gotta give Shillington more reps. Like you Dude, have you to. Put, I, Shillington and Tanev should be the pairing in my opinion. You need you need Val Mackey to play well enough to, to earn a spot higher up in the in the yeah. in rotation. Because I don't know if Zadorov is gonna last for 82 games, man. Like that play. You come down, you make it a one-goal game with a power play goal. Elias Lindholm makes it 3-2. And then what was it, fucking 20 seconds later, you're down again? Next shift, yeah. Like how, like, if you want to look at, pull out the classic, you know, scripts of Flames hockey. How many times have you seen that? (laughs) You're you're down all fucking game. All fucking game. Trailing, trailing, trailing. And then late in the fucking game, you finally make it semi-close. Ten seconds later, you're down again. Like, fuck. That play though was terrible. I mean, you you watch it back on replay. The the Oilers are breaking out. Nothing special. You still have lots of bodies in the neutral zone. Elias Lindholm is back checking. The puck carrier is about to go wide. Um, Lindholm commits to him. If you're Gabranson, or sorry, if you're Zadorov, and you're the next D man up in that situation, you're kind of by the blue line. And you see Elias Lindholm start breaking towards the puck carrier. You have to trust that he's going to manage that guy. You don't commit to him. Now you you leave Yessi wide open for a breakaway pass, and that's what happens. Like the the mental breakdown on that is just really, really it's really bad. That was that's, a really bad yeah, play. That's bad all around. That's just like incredibly poor defense, plain and simple. Like. You cost your team a goal and most likely the game right there with one stupid play. And I mean, that's what we've all been worried about. <laughs> it's like, fuck, he's probably not going to be very good at defense. But I mean, and again, like I said, on the, on the Ryan goal, like Daryl's talking about clearing out the front of the net. Like, okay, you want to rough guys up after the whistle. That's fine with me. But I mean, the point of protecting the front of the net is to protect goals from being scored in front of the net. So I really wish you would have been able to move out nice guy, Derek Ryan from the front of the net, bro. Yeah. Like, isn't that he... why you're on the team and six ten and 295 pounds? Yeah. I think he just lost track of, he didn't see where the puck was going and fuck. Oh, so it was just bad defense. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the other, the other point of intensity was when Zach Cassian is pushing Sean Monahan around. I know you didn't like it. Then in, Here's the thing. Earlier on in the game, we just we just talked about it. Rasmus Anderson gets a double minor. Yeah, exactly. A double minor, so you know that the refs are reaching there. Okay, sure, yeah, okay, give him a double minor. Zach Cassian 
goes and targets Sean Monahan. Questionable hit, whatever. I'm fine with it. A little bit from behind, but Sean Monahan, no big deal. And then Sean Monahan goes, he takes Sean Monahan's stick away from him, skating back to the ice, and then continues to interfere with him. So why isn't that a fucking penalty? Why isn't that two minutes holding the stick interference? Like, I don't fucking understand. Holding a stick is a penalty, but taking the stick isn't, I guess. Oh, okay? right. I've, yeah. If you, if you don't just hold it, you rip it out of the guy's hand, skate away. That's totally cool. So I don't know if you're looking at past storylines that you don't like, it's, it's seeing uh, 13 and 23 kind of shy away when the game gets heated. I didn't like that. I don't know. You said that Sean didn't really shy away, but fuck I guess well, he, he, he kind of shoved him in shit, but I mean, like, that's where I expect a guy like, yeah, we're, we're is... to be like, stop fucking with Monaghan or I'm going to kill you. Isn't that the who, entire premise of this dumb bullshit? Lucic is a deterrent thing. Like, that's yeah, what... who else is on the ice in that situation? Like, I guess France it was on the ice. I guess Zador, I mean, Zordorov did go after him after that. He went after him. So kudos to that. But again, um, it's up to the stupid refs to deal with that shit. They're the ones who should have dealt with that and they didn't. And then you have, I mean, the other, <laughs> I love that one play. I don't, I don't get how Monahan doesn't get more mad though. You yeah. <laughs> well, I guess he, I think he does, but he, 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 put, he channels it inwards, but why don't, here's my point is like, if you're Johnny and Monty, I get it. You don't want to, you know, you're not going to, you know, be able to fight and make physical. Why don't you channel that into like doing what you're good at? Score a fucking goal, score a big time goal. You know what I mean, like, fuck. No, I know. They're like, They're, they just kind of just like, eh, it doesn't maybe, seem to amp we'll them wait up till either next way. Game. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Se- and I've defended them for this for a long time. And people have said this and I'm like, no, I don't really agree because it's not really they back down because they're scared and shit. I don't think it's just more like they don't take the energy of the game and like use yep. it as as fuel, which I don't understand where you look like a guy like Chuck does that all the time. I guess yeah. they're different players, but shit, you'd like to see Monahan get plastered and then the next shift go out and have like Sean Monahan just own the like like Troy McGinley used to do. Yep. Um, like holy shit, did you see Sean Monahan on that shift? Dude was a one man wrecking crew. Yep, it's kind of like you you just said it. They don't take it and channel it. Look at McDavid. You see how he's celebrating? It's because he took the energy of the game, channeled it. McDavid's not going to go out there and fight guys. Why would he? He does what he's good at. He channels it in the fucking yeah putting points up on the scoreboard. I need to see more from Sean Monahan. And I know, look, I'll give him the yeah. benefit though. Cause it's early. It's a weird circumstance. I'm, I'm ready to give this guy another shot, but my God, if this guy gets injured again and we don't know about it, it's going to be really tough to back this guy any longer. Well, again, like it's been one game, but all I was thinking last night is if this is the Monahan on a nightly basis, this team's going nowhere because he didn't, <laughs> even have a I don't think he had a scoring chance he might have if he did I don't remember but you cannot have him just kind of floating I uh, sure he he controlled his his line controlled play at five on five but he had one nice chance I think it was in the third he came down and got a wrist shot off oh that's right but other than that nothing yeah nothing. But that, and, that, that and is, that's a that's a pretty peripheral shot too yeah that is his game though Lurk in the weeds until he gets alone in front. They gotta figure him out. They, they have, have to. to. It's not even like, okay, if Monahan's good, like it is a requirement for this team to be successful. You saw it last night. They couldn't score when they needed a goal. Yeah. Like, I think shit, that, dude. 
I think part of figuring it out him out is who his winger is going to be. I, I did like the, the combination with him and Manji Pani. Um, Dubé, he's Dubé was Dubé. At times he looks okay. He looked and great at the in the first period. Yeah, at, at times he looks good, and then at times it's just like, yo, like, <laughs> what are you doing? But so I don't know. And you still need more from Dubé too. Yeah, I agree. But, but it was Manji Pani? Manji Pani, <laughs> man. Holy fuck. Fuck, he looked good all all over the game. All over the ice, both ends of the ice, getting into it with Darnell Nurse, the toughest guy on there. Well, maybe who's tougher, Darnell or Zach? Probably Darnell. Eh? Darnell. Darnell. He's he's in there at the end of the whistle, just going after him. Yeah. Right. He's like looking up a foot above him and putting a glove in his face. It was fucking great. Dude, why isn't he that assistant captain for shit's sake? Why isn't he on PP1? No, totally. You're t- like he's got if he's on PP1, he, does he have a better shot than? Monahan, Gaudreau. I think all at of them. this, I think totally at this does. point, he's got he's got the best shot. In the he might lack a bit of finishing talent. He can't bury it with the accuracy that Monahan used to be able to. But dude's got a heavier shot for sure. He's going to the places that Monahan apparently can't. Yeah, get totally, <laughs> totally. Like how sick was that goal? He corrals <clears throat> it. In front that was incredible. Fight. He tips it, then corrals it. Oh, that was money. Yeah, that was so, beautiful. I think before he scored that goal, you're texting me like he's the best player on this team. <laughs> well, he was, dude. He had like three scoring chances all over the ice. Man, he's good. Hey, folks, we'll get back to the oiler bashing in just a moment. Just need to hear a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win 100 bucks in free bets if either team scores a point. If you are in Canada or a sportsbook isn't available in your state, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed as they have great daily fantasy sports options. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NFL game, and win 100 bucks in free bets if either team scores a point. Promo code is THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You gotta be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. There's a minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Back to shitting all over Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers. What does Dubay need to do? I like he's I he's not Mangiapane is the thing. So um, I'm I'm not sure. Like he's just so inconsistent. It's like even from shift to shift, it's like he'll have a great shift and then be invisible the next shift. I'm not sure if it's like a his role needs to be more defined or. I'm not sure how to leverage Dubé at this point. The um, the forward lines were a little bit scrambled because they went with 11 forwards and they were doing a little bit of juggling. Um, Backlund was a child lost in the woods again. Like we said, Lucic was... Yeah, like did Backlund do... I'm sorry, like I... Did he do anything <laughs> last night? No. I think he, he had one um, semi-scoring scoring chance. chance. Yeah that he didn't make use of, but 
Like, and I get he was anchored with shitty line mates in Lewis yeah. and Lucic, but still, man, like, come on. I mean, if you're if you're Michael Backlund, it is a tough position to be in if you're him. Yeah. Those are your line mates, and now you're you're kind of relegated to a third center role. It's gonna he's probably gonna have an adjustment to figure out how to utilize you know the role he's being put in. But so it's still, can you play with some fucking energy, please? Can you can you like I th- yeah, I think I can remember that scoring chance because he like either missed the net or flubbed it or something. It's like, can you bear down on a puck? Can you hit the front of a burn, please? For once. So if that's your forwards in a nutshell, I mean Lewis, I thought Richie actually had a good game. <laughs> like from what I'm gonna expect from Richie, which is not what he's much, supposed to do. Absolutely. He had like at, seven shot attempts. At least he was playing hard on the puck. Totally. He's he was, doing he what was, Lucci should be doing. Yes, he was creating uh some turnovers. Right, he's stick checking well. He's, he's getting into puck. dangerous areas in the he's slot. Creating, he yeah, can't hit the fucking net to save his life, but he was creating some space. Um, Lewis was trying to do that. I'm curious to see if if Lewis starts, you know, to build on his game a bit. What he'll look like in midseason form. I didn't even mind Lewis too much. Um, I mean, out of those, out of the bottom six, I think Lewis and and. Um, Richie looked the best. Yeah, I thought Richie was fine. He had that one. Somebody fed him right in the slot. He fed him. He's even like calling for it. He just flubs it. And then he had that uh, that wrister off the rush where he blew it like three feet wide. But yeah, I had no problem with Brett Richie last night. I thought he was fine. So was your was the best? The best forward was Matthew Kachuk, right? I think Kachuk was the best. Like, come, okay, let's come get on. to Matthew. You posted this afterwards. He had. How many shots on goal? Eight or nine? He had nine shots on goal. Nine shots on goal, six scoring chances? Six high danger scoring chances, 12 scoring chances. 12 scoring chances, six high danger. Somebody asked me after the game, is that good or bad? It's good. That's insane. If regardless of this is kind of like where things were at last season, both Levo and Maji Pawnee for the first 15 games. They're getting all these chances every game. They're just not scoring. No, I'm sorry. He had eight scoring chances. My bad. He had 12 shot attempts. But it was still six high danger. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, it's good. If if players of, of this caliber are getting that many chances, it's just a matter of time before pucks are in the back of the net. Well, like how many high danger chances did McDavid have in all situations last night? Like one, I think. Because his 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 uh, – one goal is from, from so far out. Um, Kachuk just is so good at creating scoring chances in the dangerous areas. Like, that's where he is all the time. He's right in the crease, making shit happen. Yeah. In the and, crease, in the, in the deep in the corners. That pass he makes to Lindholm. Oh, that's, yeah. That's he, he's, su- he's such an underrated playmaker, too. Like, that's a just uh, that's an incredibly heads-up play by Kachuk. And he had a few other sweet feeds last night. But yeah, Maddie is ready to fucking play. Okay, we touched on defense. Let's go to the goaltending. Um, Jake and let Marshall. me let me just say, I'm sorry. Like, yep, I posted this on Instagram. It's like, hey, leadership group last night. Monahan, did he play? Backland, did he play? Tanev, yeah, he kind of got eaten alive. Kachuk, six high dangerous chances, twelve shot attempts, owned the ice all night. But yeah, he definitely isn't ready to be the captain, eh? 
Lucic, yeah. completely invisible in what probably one of the biggest games. It's like there's game. two guys. There's three guys last night. Kachuk should be the captain. Manjapani and Lindholm should be assistant captains. End of story. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind. I didn't mind Tanev. I mean, he's out. He look. Well, he's, he's he's doing like he's playing against the two best players in the world with Zadorov. What's he supposed to do? Exactly. That's my point. But but then I don't know. People just don't. They it's, they don't care. That's not what leadership is to them. Um, and I beg to differ. I mean, if if Matthew Kachuk is the engine driving the team on a consistent basis night after night, how, like, do you care what Lucic is saying in the dressing room? Do you care that he's in the middle of the practice leading the stretch? Eh? Or do Apparently want, they do. Do you want the guy who's going to put a stamp on the game and lead your team into the battle and lead your team into winning games? Like, it's just, I don't understand the disconnection from a lot of people on this one. Yeah, it's it's pretty, I think, short-sighted. And um, again, uh, viewing the leadership lens through what we've viewed it through for like way too many years, it's like, well, like like you said, you make you make the greatest point. Does Monahan do it for you last game? Does Backlund do it for you last game? Those guys were invisible. Like it's Blue game cheese. one of the season, Saturday night, Oilers opening night, first game with real fans for two years. Who was your best player? By a mile out of those four. It's like, it's not even close. Who's the guy who showed up and came ready to play and made shit happen all night? All right, let's get to Markstrom. He allows four goals. One's a breakaway. I mean, the McDavid one, like, no one's who, stopping who's, that. who's stopping that? The first one's kind of fluky. Um, which goal? What what, other, what was the other goal? McDavid. Which uh, the RV on the the fourth goal, three. Derek Ryan in front. So what was the other McDavid? Well, goal? it was the empty netter. No, his second <clears throat> one was it? What was the second one? A one timer on the power play, top shelf. <sighs> yeah, right. So I don't know. Like here's the thing: you look at the scoring chances and the high danger ones, but you have guys with finishing ability of McDavid and Drysaitel. Yeah. They if you're playing Edmonton. Here's a here here's a reminder of the breakdown. Calgary had 25 scoring chances to Edmonton's 12, and Edmonton beats us 5-2. Yeah. And that's kind of gonna be the storyline for Calgary. We've already said it. The team lacks finishing ability. So don't get a guy like Tyler Toffoli. Don't get a guy like Jack Eichel. Let's just go get Zadorov, Gabranson, take Hassan a bunch Ritchie, of penalties and Richardson. I mean, we already know this team is going to have trouble putting the puck in the back of the net. You had 47 shots, four power plays, 52 shot attempts, 25 scoring chances, 10 high danger scoring chances. You had two goals. Well, and this is harkens back again, why we've been so obsessed with getting a guy who can finish because like, does anybody remember the 2017-2018 season where it's like, well, the Flames owned the puck again, but for some reason they just couldn't find a way to find the back of the net. It's like, yeah, because oh, they don't have enough fucking goal scores. They it's ran into a, no, they ran into yeah. another hot goalie again. He's playing his first game and just had an incredible game. The Flames peppered him with like 58 shots, but he got a shutout. Wow. I mean, you can sit there and maybe some Oilers fans do. They probably do say Mike Smith was was amazing last night. 
Was he though? I mean, yeah. sure, he got peppered. I mean, DeBrusque even said it. He's, he's, there wasn't really any like really high quality chances where he made a saver. It's like, okay, wow. He's Mike Smith good. like flukes his way to like he makes the breakaway save on Munch Pony. That was a good save, but good save, Munch- but it's mostly a fluke. It is because if Manju Pawnee yeah. has his head up, he sees Mike Smith's like seven feet out of his net, just <laughs> drop the shoulder and go around him. You got an easy goal. Right. Like that's a, that's a just a, Mike Smith. The thing about Smith is like he's terrible positionally, but he's a good athlete. So that's an athletic save. That's why he can never like glove actually get a puck to go in his glove. It goes boing in 20 miles away. It's because he's a good athlete, but he sucks positionally. Like if that's Carey Price, he's eating that up right into his glove. No problem. Smith, it's like he's got to do this incredible acrobatic shit just to make a glove save. Well, did you see that that one play we were talking about where Chucky should have went tweener? Yeah. Chucky's all alone in front. He's carrying it across the crease. And Mike Smith is in a poke check. (laughs) He's like, he's in a poke check stance and he's shuffling cross crease while in a poke check stance. It's like how I would, it's like how you play net in like floor hockey and like grade. It is. (laughs) He just grew up playing floor hockey for sure. Oh, fuck it. But yeah, he that's a good save, I guess. I think, again, it's more Kachuk just kind of missed his shot. Like he puts that into his knees. He had the gaping five hole. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. Smith was fine. But that's why you look at Markstrom and you're like, well, I don't, I don't necessarily look. He didn't. Well, dude, two power play goals by McDavid. What are you supposed to do? Like, well, sure, you, you want him to make that Poliarvi save, but that's a terrible defensive breakdown. So, and then he has no chance on the like Derek Ryan one either. That's just a good play by Ryan in front. So, yeah, but that's why we harken back to this. It's just like Edmonton has finishing ability. Yeah. Calgary, not so much. So, which is like, why are you spending six million on a goaltender if you're not going to spend any money on a, anybody who can score gold? It was like Markstrom did all he could last night, and they, we still couldn't beat the others because we can't score. I don't know, man. I, I was. Going into the season, I'm like, okay, yeah, I think we're going to match up okay against the Oilers this season. Um, I think I think it's a different game with Coleman in the lineup. Yeah, I really do. I think it's a different game when you're in midseason form and both teams are their engines are well greased because Calgary's coming off fucking week off. Mm-hmm. But <sighs> you can't take I, pen- how- you cannot take penalties. That's the bottom okay. line. The Flames own the ice five on five. Like, did McDavid do shit outside of the power play? No. What I'm, yeah, that's what I'm getting at is how do you beat these guys? You do did. You all play them five on five, but it's going to be the storyline for every team all season long. That's why these guys bitch and moan so much about getting calls because they know if they're on the power play, they're winning the game. Like, here's how badly the Flames own Connor McDavid at five on five. He was on the ice for three scoring chances for 11 against. He was on the ice, the five on five for one high danger chance for and four against like the flames owned McDavid at five on five. Like he's terrible at defense. They kept him in his own end all night for the most part on five on five, but he beat you on the power play. So you can't fucking take penalties. And that's easier said than done. And cause... if you are going to take penalties, you got to score on your power play. Yep. Yep. I mean, the difference in that game was special teams. I think that's that's your key. If you're looking forward and saying how do you actually beat Edmonton, you play the way you did, which was fine. Yeah, you took you you outplayed them five on five. When it comes to special teams, I actually thought the power the penalty kill was pretty good against that power play. 
Yeah, well, it's not. <laughs> it wasn't terrible. I but mean, the again, first the first power play goal is weird because it's coming off of the total you know, fluke. A, a total four fluke. on a four on four, and you get that bounce. So it's kind of like I don't know much, but obviously this again this, this that is the goal. best player in the world. You know, sniping yep. a shot that only he could do. Yeah, but my my thing is like, okay, how? I think you're right. You're not trying to to prevent yourself from getting more penalties against Edmonton. You do your best. They're going to draw penalties because yeah. no one draws more penalties in the league than Connor McDavid. Um, they're going to draw penalties, but you're right. The way you combat that is you have to score on your fucking power plays. Right. And that's what they're not able to do. So if you're looking at future matchups against this team, it's got to come out. You have to win special teams battle or at least tie the special teams battle. The difference in this game is like a big time defensive breakdown by Nikita Zadorov and the inability of Monahan, Gaudreau, et cetera, to do anything on the power play. That's, yep. that's what lost you the game. Our power play, I think, yeah, lost you the game. All right, let's let's just look at let's look at the game as a whole. Let's look at the situation as a whole because I don't blame I don't blame the fan base. I don't blame social media for for reacting. Just like fuck this, this team sucks. I'm done um, because there was a lot of similar similarities, right? We touched on them. Guys like you know Gaudreau and, and Monahan, they kind of disappear. Lucic doesn't show up. Backlund's nowhere to be found. You do have some standout players that are obviously moving forward. The best players on this team: Matthew Kachuk, Andrew Mangiapane. But stripping all that aside, and obviously you know. It's the Oilers. We opened it up with, if it's any other team you lose to, you don't mind that. The reason why it bothers everybody so much is because it's the fucking Oilers, and you have to watch Connor McZit face fucking celebrate like he's winning the Stanley Cup again. And it's on Hockey Night Canada and all that shit. That's why it's just that. That's what injects the rage into all of this. Yeah. But if you, you know, if you curb all that and you look at the game as a whole, I think there's a lot of really good things to build off of. And I'm not just pulling a Calgary media where I'm just saying that because I, I can't fucking criticize one little thing ever. But um, I looked at that game. They played with more structure five on five than I've seen in two, three seasons. Probably totally. more. Totally. When was the last time? I mean, we've been saying this rolling in the, into the, the opening in the you know preseason training camp. What's it going to be like with Daryl Sutter actually has time to implement a foundation, to implement structure going into a season and trying to switch it all mid-season? And I think right off the bat, you saw this team play with a lot of structure and it gave you some results. You won the five-on-five five battle. Yeah, everybody I, was on the same page, it seemed. Yes. And it's just like, to me, that's a foundation these guys can build off of, especially when you add Coleman into the mix. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just that's a he's a legit top six player. He's a great two way player. I mean, you're he's only going to increase what you did five on five. Might be able to generate more. Might be able to prevent less. They got to figure out the special teams, but I think as a whole, I I actually liked the game that they put on the ice yesterday. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that game. Again, the, the defense is what um, – the power play and a few defensive breakdowns aside, it was a pretty okay game that if you play like that more often than not, you're going to win more often than not. 
Yep. And look, it's early in the season. All these guys can continue to build and work on their game. And they have, in my opinion, the proper coaching to do so. So guys like Anderson, guys like Zadorov, they should, in theory, get better as the season goes on. Um, and that's just, I mean, we already knew going into this what your weaknesses were and the question marks around the defense. Like you said, the Zadorov costs you one goal and ultimately the game, but really you lost the game on special teams. Um, I just, I don't think there's any reason to worry yet. Um, I don't know. I'm well, feeling okay. I, I, I'm feeling I, okay. I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a hard season. It's going to be like a hard fought season. Like I think there's going to be a lot of nights like this. Like it's not going to be like 2018, 2019 where we won 50 games and we're like winning every night and every game is just like, Holy shit. That was fun to watch. You know? Yeah, it's just like a breeze. We're breezing through the season. It's yeah. gonna be a, it's gonna be a, every game. It's gonna every be game, a fucking grind. Every game is gonna be a grind, and that's the way Sutter likes it. Yeah. Um, and, and in theory, that should prepare, prepare for the them for the playoffs. Yes. In theory, that's the theory, and there's lots of times where you've seen that that theory is correct. That's what happens. So and we know that's the way Sutter likes it. I didn't honestly. I liked the battle dude when like they, i again like i i fucking loved it when like yeah. was it yamamoto the first time pokes markstrom and four flames swarm him and almost kill him there was points in the game where i'm like ooh, i like this center <laughs> hockey i'm <laughs> sorry i can't not like it i'm sorry but like if as long as it translates into wins yeah exactly which i still think it can because you look at all the underlyings um so winning these grind out games, my whole thing is that if they can get a, on a roll and keep building off it and building off it, then they should be able to translate these grind out games into wins. And then you are battle tested to going into the playoffs. So, I mean, we're, we're start of the season is a long ways away, but oh, I yeah. think there are some promising things here. And, and that's the end goal, right? You always got to keep in mind. They do have to get to the playoffs. They have to win. They have to win some games. But again, if they play like that during the regular season, more often than not, they're going to make the playoffs just fine. Yeah. And I hate to, I honestly hate to say it, but <sighs> Edmonton and maybe I'll McDavid. Because <laughs> Edmonton is McDavid. Like, let's be honest. If they don't, don't have McDavid, if they don't have McDavid, I don't think they're a playoff team. Dude, um, they're the worst team in the league. It's not even close. Like, I know Dry Saddle is very good. Like he's probably the second best, high, most highly skilled player in the world. But like, they have Dick all without Connor McDavid. But since they do have him, um, I don't see how this isn't a playoff team. Man, they just they can score too many. They can score. Yeah, they like, can they, they can score at will on the power play. Like it's almost it's, unbelievable. Their power play is just like fuck me sideways that's so as much as it pains me that's well there's right like that's what i keep saying about the flames and edmonton is like there's no way vancouver seattle and another team are better than the flames or oilers right to make the playoffs i just don't see it happening again we kind of said that last year with the north division where it's like well you know the flames are better than winnipeg and probably montreal um but i can't see one of the california teams being better than the flames or Oilers, so they both should be playoff teams. All right, anything else um, on the game before we get to some of these hot takes? 
Um, no, like I said, I was hoping to be a bit more relaxed. Definitely wasn't. <laughs> um, it sounds like Rasmus Anderson did get a fine for his rough. They're calling it a rough. Um, he got a five thousand dollar fine today for roughing Kyler Yamamoto. Do you think Daryl pays that? <laughs> I mean, hey, you've, Brad you've... pays it and bought some pizza stocks. You know what? I'm just watching it again. I haven't been that jacked up from a flame. Like, fuck yeah, Rasmus, dude! Get, takes, get him! Get him! He, ta- he takes him and smashes him. Like the way that he smashed him, there was just so much <laughs> pent up. Two years of pent up hate in that one smash. That's why it was so cathartic. And right? shit, I hope this. Like, I don't know. I, I, we, you and I are both hockey fans from uh, not an older generation, but uh, a slightly uh, older generation where we love. We grew up on shit. Like we grew up on the Daryl Sutter Flames for shit's sake. Like where Fanuf was killing guys and Robin Gear was literally. Burying Alish Hemsky's face into the glass every night. So, like, Dion Phaneuf, when he's at, when, at the beginning of his career, when he's just laying out guys, open ice hits. Like, re- I always remember when uh, in the San Jose Sharks in round three, I think oh, it was Korolek put the empty netter in, but he like kind of hot dogged a bit. Remember, it was yeah, like game yeah, yeah. three or four in the dome. Yeah, yeah. He puts it in, and again, fucking like jumped, just almost the whole team like jumped off the bench and just like almost killed this guy for doing that. So, yeah. Hey, sorry, hey, yeah, I love we, that shit. Look, and we saw shades of it last night, 100%. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I, all these additions we got, I can, I can, I can, I'm starting to see the vision here. I can see an identity, I can see a team that's playing a certain way. I can see that, but then I come back to you. Okay. Yeah. Johnny and Monty to figure out how their role executes within this new vision. They can't, if the games get heated like that, they can't disappear. They can't disappear. They don't, I don't think they need to fight, but they no, need no, to exactly. find, they need to, like you said, they need to elevate. They need to use that to elevate their skill. And maybe, and listen, listen, this has been the knock on these two since day, day one. And if there's any truth to it, I mean, we've defended them all along because of how skilled they are. You don't just throw the baby out with the bathwater. Our whole stance all along has been like, why can't they become those players? So maybe this is the pressure cooker of a style of game that they're not going to be able to escape from all season long. Well, like remember this... the remember the playoff game where Crosby and Ovechkin were like dueling back the hat tricks. Each guy was like Crosby scores, OV scores, Crosby scores, OV scores. And that was I, amazing. Like, yeah. There's there's no way Johnny yeah. Gaudreau is on the level of Connor McDavid. But what I'd like to see exactly is like fucking McDavid has two goals. Fuck this shit. I'm gonna go make shit happen like that. That's what we're talking about with elevating your play in response to a heated game. And maybe this is the pressure cooker that these guys need in order to bring the to bring them to that next level because look and we've seen it a little bit before early in Gaudreau's career like this dude was money yeah well Daryl is there's no escaping this the organization brings in Daryl Sutter Daryl Sutter in the offseason shapes his team the way it is into what it is and we're seeing shades of it last night what we can possibly expect all season long every game is going to be a grind there's not going to be freewheeling, right? They're not going to be freewheeling anymore. So they need to, like you said, use the pressure that gets built up in the game 
to elevate their own skill. And I think it's kind of brilliant to be honest, because if you look at what hasn't worked and people argue that these guys are pussies, I argue against that and say, well, no, they're actually fucking great players. They should be able to elevate their game. And maybe this will be the situation. Finally, if this, if they don't, if they, if this is in a situation where they can, then they won't be able to. I don't think yeah, so. Totally. So um, I think it's actually a very interesting and intriguing storyline to watch because like if every game is going to be that type of grind, um, they're going to have to figure it out. Okay. Totally. Let, let's wrap up with you. You put a, a call out for uh share. These are some of the, it was all from Instagram, right? All the shared hot takes. Yeah. Bold predictions and hot takes. You're going to do a whole episode on this and then, the game had some interesting shit. So uh, it's more interesting to talk about the game. So bold takes hot predictions. And I'm sorry, guys, there was literally like 500 responses. So we'll go through a few of them, but I can't, I cannot get to all of them. And I didn't have time to like sift through them at all. Like, holy shit. There's like 600 people who responded to this. So, all right. So I'm going to read them and then you're going <laughs> to either do a spit take or agree. Um <laughs> I, I, I would say based off of last night, this is this is a super hot take. Uh, Shillington take, takes Rasmus Anderson's spot this year. I think Rasmus Anderson will resurge. We saw shades of it last night. He's got to work on a skating. They got the power. They got the power skating coach now. They're at practice. I liked See what that? I saw from Rasmus last night. He's, no, all he, I saw was Darnell Nurse's power skating shit. I saw more engagement from Rasmus Anderson yeah. one game. This season that I saw all of last season, all of last season combined. And he did so, make it. There was a, uh, I wish I had clipped it. I can't remember if it was on McDavid. Yeah. He made a nifty play. Yeah. It was a rush. The Oilers had like a, a real nice rush going and he, he was in a great spot and broke up a rush. It might've been McDavid. So he made a few good plays last night. And Shillington will never be given that runway. So there's no way that hot dicks happen, but I do like the hot take. There are a few in here who are saying Dan Vladar at some point, this is from multiple hot takes. Dan Vladar gets the starters position at some point this season. (laughs) I fucking hope not because that would mean that Markstrom's hurt hardcore faltering or he's hurt. Hey, if, if it's a situation where Markstrom's hurt, then I wouldn't mind because maybe Vladar rolls with it. But if he, it's because Markstrom falters, then I think we're fucked because that means we've lost how many games? Like how much of a leash? Daryl Sutter is good. Markstrom has the world's... biggest leash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He'll play him till he dies. So if that happens, it's because the season's over. <laughs> so hopefully that doesn't happen. Yeah, I agree. Um, Teaming with it actually probably a good take. Eric Branson makes more than one good play this season. Like I said, he was. If he's gonna play like that every night that he's playing. <laughs> It's it's fine. I well, very much and, doubt he will. And here's the thing. They were put into a position to succeed by the coaching staff in managing their ice time and spot playing them, right? You didn't see that all from Ward. You saw the opposite. Oh, well, they, you know, we want Monahan to be really good defensively, so we're going to give him all the D zone starts. This is like the opposite. Put them in their biggest position of weakness and hope that they get strong at it instead of playing to their strengths and minimizing their weaknesses. So a big part of Gabranson and Valmaki 
being great last night was coaching. Yeah, 100%. And I wish they would have put Shillington in. That's what I don't get. But, I mean, again, if you're playing those guys in their role, and, I mean, I, you got to give Branson a bit of credit. Like, he played 16 minutes last night. And for a guy who has been absolute dog shit through every single preseason game, he was fine. So, I don't know if it was just because Valabaki was really good. Um, but, yeah, like, he was utilized appropriately. So, what I like concept. Yeah. <laughs> I like this one. Um, the Flames and Oilers meet in the playoffs, and the Flames sweep the Oilers in round one. Oh, man, that will never happen. I wish – I'm sitting there. I even thought about this. I mean, how could you not? All game, I'm thinking, well, yeah. what would a playoff series be? They hate us so much. Connor McDavid hates the Flames way too much to ever be swept by the Flames. You've seen it. Time immemorial with the Flames. We're so flamesy that we'd probably go up 3 nothing in a series and lose. Um, we pull happen. what – yeah, we do what – Okay, remember when Philly, um, this was like maybe 2009, 2010, Philly did complete the comeback against the Bruins, like down 3 nothing in a series. Yeah. But in game seven, the Bruins were up 3 to nothing. Yeah. And it was like, fuck, they're going to. And then they came back from that in game seven. That would do what, that's what would happen. That's what would happen. That's what would happen. That's Remember, it's Calgary Flames we're talking about. You saw oh. game one, we're still flaming yeah. everybody. Oh man, Liam is not. Liam says Monahan gets sent to the AHL because he's ass. All right, and then the very next one is Monahan wins the Rocker Shard. So uh, polarizing view on Sean Monahan. Oh man, Whew. I'm gonna give Sean a ha- um, Sean Monahan. I'll give him eight games. I'll give him eight games to to figure his shit out. That's it. If if I don't see any sign from him, I'm I'm writing him off for the season. Um, because if he did, can't figure it out after eight games, because he either sucks or he's injured again. So I'm I'm done with him after eight if he can't figure it out. Yeah, like we've got to start seeing some signs. Like, come on, dude. Uh, here's here's a good one. Brad is gonna work some magic and get Eichel. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, well, but that's, that's good. The- that's the boldest prediction and hottest thing I've that, ever that's heard. That's not a that's not a bold prediction. That's a bit. That's fucking funny. That's satire. And then Josh from the wind column. Josh, this isn't even a bold prediction. This sounds like what's going to happen. Bradshaw Living holds on to Johnny Gaudreau past the deadline, and they miss the playoffs. And then Johnny Gaudreau walks in free agency. I mean, that sounds like probably how it's exactly going to play out. No, no, that's not bold. That is the trajectory, the path that we're going to go down for sure. That is spot on. Uh, Dylan, and I like this one. Manjapani makes the all-star game. Ooh, that a boy, Dylan. Okay, let me throw mine in there because it's – I got – I'm going to share one, okay? Okay. Because we usually do. I'm going down. I'm like, okay, well, hmm, maybe I should do one about Monahan. No, he sucks. <laughs> my my hot take is that Manjipani leaves this team in points this season. Yeah. I, I love it. And I think, dude, she getting paid so much fun. Dude, did you watch him last night? Like, you're telling me he's not going to be top two or three on this team in scoring this year if he oh, plays. He if, sure. he, if he, if you switch him and Monahan on the power play, if he gets top six minutes all season long, and he's going to score thirty, no problem. Oh, easy, easy. So, but like you said, good uh, roster management. Make sure uh, your top three players on this team don't have contracts going into next season. And one of them is is rising to be one of the top highest paid 
<laughs> well, that's what blows my mind too. Like everybody's like, well, we can't keep all of them. Well, it's like, well, why not? Because dumbass has screwed up his cap so bad. It's like other GMs wouldn't even have to deal with this. Do you see Colorado? I'd be like, oh, well, we can't keep McKinnon. Rantanen and, and uh, Rantanen and Landeskog. We just can't do it. It's like, no, those guys have been signed for ever. Oh, boy. We can't keep uh, Pasternak, Marshawn, and Bergeron. And McAvoy, are you kidding me? And sign Taylor Hall. What? You can't do that. Oh, no, much. no. What are it's you talking about? No way. You can't do that. I'm seeing a lot of Monaghan scores 40 goals. Monaghan bounces Guys, back. Look, we've tried it. We've tried this hot take for the last yeah. three seasons. <laughs> <laughs> it's been the hot take the last two Sean Monaghan's going to be good this year. You watch. Here, here's a hot take. Sean Monaghan doesn't suck. Okay? Let's, let's leave it at that. If he doesn't suck, that's a hot take. Um, the Flames beat out the Knights and finished first in the Pacific. Uh, oh, I man. No. Please don't mention us in the same sentence with the Knights right now. I just can't handle it. Not going to happen. Oh, here's a good one. Manjapani wins the Selkie and Brad doesn't re-sign him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good oh, one. Um, I'm seeing a lot of Dubé has a breakout season as well. Um, hold on, hold on. On that note, do you think he'll get Selkie votes? He should have last season. But now that this, the, the league recognizes him because of the MVP tournament, does he get Selkie votes? I bet you he does. I don't know. The Selkie's always a weird one. It's like whatever center like won the most faceoff seems to win. I yeah, think I he. I guess I, it's got to be a centerman. Right? I think he will get a few votes though. Yeah. Um. If he if he's playing on the top six and that's the other thing that's weird about the Selkie is like it has to be a centerman who wins a lot of draws and also scores a lot of points. Like I thought the order was best defensive forward. Anyways, he he should and will get Selkie votes. I'm sure. Okay, back oh, to me, um, yeah, I don't know. Like Dubé kind of has to. Have what a was the Dubé one? He has a breakout season. That was a hot take. He scores sixty points, twenty five goals. Man, I just don't see how he does it playing with Backland and whoever it is on the third line, unless unless they can utilize him on the power play where he in a in a way that he scores. I don't think that the, that the player necessarily can't do it. I just think given the situation he's on, and it'd be really tough. Right for him to utilize him on ice time and the role he's in. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. I think for Dubé, what he needs to do, not necessarily have a breakout season offensively, which would be nice, is he needs to find how to be a more effective player on a nightly basis. And look, we're not we're not hitting poo-pooing your hot takes. These are great hot takes. No, it's why they're hot. It's... But we're just putting some fucking might as well discuss them a bit. Um, okay, let's do a couple more. Um Jay Frey says the tree living will be fired before the deadline. That is hot. That's what I'm wishing for. Tree living fired period. That's hot take. That's what he probably more accurately. He'll be uh, signed to a 48 year extension, but okay. I'm seeing a lot of Hannafin becomes a top legit top pairing defenseman this year. I mean, shit, he's going to have to kind of imperative for him to be a legit top guy. If you're going to throw Hannafin into a hot take category, what would he have to do? As an well, NBA? that's the thing, though. He's kind of, I, I feel like. 450 points? Yeah, like NBA? he needs to be a, a big-time offensive producer at the end of the day, like 50-plus points. How does know? he do that? Because if you watch him, look, he can dish he the doesn't. puck. doesn't. That's not even his skill set. No, he can dish the puck around pretty good. On, like, he's good at handling on the, on the 
blue line, like say he's on the power play, but he doesn't have the playmaking ability to to find guys on a consistent basis enough to, to put up 55 points. It's not from what I've seen, but. Yeah, like maybe, he, maybe he stu- a- speaking of a guy who has no finishing ability, like his oh, expected fuck. goal rates have always been pretty high, but the discrepancy between actual goals has been pretty high as well. So he's a guy who can generate chances, but he can't finish particularly well. So, well, here's the thing that we talked about last season can he raise the puck? I know he yeah, can. Exactly. I've never, why I've seen doesn't him, he? Yeah. Shoot, I've like seen him roof it. Shoot high every time, then you're going to score 10 goals this season. Yeah. Instead of just rifling it down low through eight pairs of skates and six sticks every single shot just start <laughs> fucking roofing it yeah like even blast it from the point blast it high noah not along the ice anyways i think for for him to be a legit top guy he needs to replace what geo brought offensively which is gonna be really tough to do yeah all right last one <laughs> see all of these people must listen really well because they're all like just saying like the flame the Flames trade their first round pick and it becomes the first overall pick. But uh, we'll we'll use this one from V Tony VN Tony on Instagram because of Sam Bennett's last night last night. The Panthers and Sam Bennett make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Not Flames Dude, related, but that's pretty good. That's a good take, man. I think it's a good take. How much? How much of a Flames night opener was it last night? Where we can't score and then. Bennett scores a hat trick and Derek Ryan scores the first goal of the <laughs> <Yeah>. season. <laughs> oh man. Um, NK on Twitter. I forget your name, but he knows who he is. We were chatting before the game. And he's like, how much you want to bet Derek Ryan scores the flames first goal of the season. And then he did. <laughs> also screw you, Derek Ryan. I don't even like you know what? anymore. I text you. I officially hate your guts now. Pal. Yeah. You see how happy he was to score that. Fuck you, Derek Ryan. But he, he gave like a love tap to Cassian after he uh, went after Monahan. Screw you, yeah. Derek. Derek, you are now the enemy. I hate yeah. your Mormon guts. No, me too. Screw you, man. Let's talk about Bennett for a sec because it's it's a really it's look it's a tough situation. I mean, you and I we we look you and I have discussed both sides of the Sam Bennett equation. For the last since we've had this podcast, literally we have, and I've always took the stance of on 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 the side of Sam Bennett in terms of utilize him more, coach him more. I'm not convinced we've seen the most of his potential. You've always argued, not always. We've gone back and forth, but you've done a good job of arguing K Wall. He probably is what he is. And I think the answer is both. If you're going to utilize him in a bottom six role, then you're going to get what we saw from yeah, Sam. Totally. However, if you're going to, I can't believe the role that the Panthers have put this guy in. Second line center with elite talent on both wings. First line power play. Penalty killing. You watch a Panthers game. This guy, how, what, how much ice time does he get? It's unbelievable. Two completely different realities for Sam Bennett, where you're where you're fucking wasting away. Oh, yeah, Sam. Uh, here's Jeff Ward. You know, what, what position would you like to play this season? Oh, 
I'll get all what you choose center. Okay. Yeah. You'll be our fourth line center pal. How's five minutes a night. How's that sound? So it's both. The answer is both. And there's, there's people still arguing. Oh, where were you going to play him? What were you going to do? Like you got yeah. Lindholm, you got Monaghan. I don't give a fuck. This is your highest draft pick ever in your organization. You're seeing now what his potential could be. You fucked it up. It wasn't him. You couldn't maximize what Sam Bennett could give you. You fucked it up. And I don't care if it didn't work out because you had other players. Like, Lin- why does Lindholm need to play wing? Why? That's a dumb argument. Why couldn't Sam Bennett be the second line center? And I mean, Bobby McGolf on Twitter, he says, here's the situation. Here's five minutes with Sean Monaghan and uh, Johnny Gaudreau. Oh, you didn't score five goals? Okay, you're back on the fourth line for the next 20 games. Yeah, That's literally what it was. Totally. That was the existence of Sam Bennett for five, six years. How many seasons did he play with us? Five. The the one season where he had, what, how many, 30, what, he scored 20 goals? Well, in his rookie year. He had great linemates in, a really, in, a, in an awesome position. How, what happened after that? Well, and the other thing is, too, like, everyone's like, I guess he played did he play six years here. I can't remember. But like um, the thing where, oh, he got a chance because somebody put it well. Somebody tweeted like, where was this Sam Bennett in Calgary? And somebody replied, was like, on the fucking fourth line with plugs or in the press box. And it's like, yeah, exactly. And even the people who are like, um, well, he played with Backland in, in, his, in 16, 17, 17. Yeah, good line mates. Okay, playing with Backlund in a defensive role. Like, have you, do you know what Sam Bennett is? Like, the, the, the trying to mold Sam Bennett into like this two way centerman is like akin to like, okay, imagine if that was Monaghan and they, they are playing Monaghan in the bottom six in like a defensive role when he first broke into the league. That's the equivalent. Like, would Monaghan not have sucked ass? Of course he would have. Like, Sam Bennett was never this two way, um, silky guy that apparently they fucking want him to meet. He's a goal scorer. Monaghan did suck ass when they put him in that role. Yeah, he still sucks ass now that he's in that role. Sam Bennett is a goal scorer. He's a guy who's not good at defense. He's going to score goals. That's what this team had needed forever. But for some reason, yeah, let's put that guy who actually has some offensive upside. Let's put him in the bottom six and force him to play defense. So, And, and the point is, is like, that's not his fault. Yeah, that's exactly. Your, that's the management's fault. Like, like you see Tampa Bay complaining that like, oh, like Coleman. I mean, where was he supposed to play? Right. It's like, no, you figure it out. Right. I don't get like, why does Lindholm need to play center? He's the best right winger we've had since Stromaginla. Dude, he's the only right-handed right winger we've had in like 400 years. Now he's on the, the, now he's centerman. Apparently. The one season he played with Monty and Johnny, they scored how many points together? You draw at 99. Oh, but where, where, would, at where, would, where would Sam play, though? I don't know. I mean, you couldn't play him over Backlund, could you? Why don't you put him with Jankowski? Imagine Bennett with um, Kachuk and Majupani for a fucking That's 60 a, games. There's a wrecking ball line, if you've ever seen one, who could score some goals. Look, it's early in the season, but at what point – do you stop saying that the Vegas Golden Knights are going to start sucking in their rookie year and realize, no, it's pretty legit. 
He's he broke a record for the first however many games playing in the Florida franchise for how many points he has. Like his his point totals are ridiculous for the first. He's big. He had more points in his 10 games of the Panthers last year than he did with in 38 with the Flames. Soon we'll be able to rest the case. Look, I get it's still early. It's game one, scores a hat trick. But uh, well, we're don't get me wrong. I am actively rooting for Sam Bennett to prove the Flames foolish. Yeah. Because <laughs> I love Sam Bennett. Anyways, we'll monitor that closely. Any, anything else you want to get to? Um, closing closing thoughts on game one, and are you worried? Where is your worry level? Where is your confidence level? Where are you at? I don't know. I'm kind of at where I'm always at, which is like I'm leaning towards um, disaster. But yeah. um, the thing is, I've completely lowered my expectations. So Yeah, totally. Like, you've got to realize this team is not going to win the West. They're not going to win the Pacific Division. It's going to be like, hey, game at a time. Winning, like win, win three games, lose a game. It's kind of like I'm kind of looking at it in like segments. Okay, as long as you're kind of like staying within a good baseline, you're not too high, you're not too low. Yeah, unless unless McDavid gets injured for 10, 12 games, or unless Mike Smith starts falling apart, you're probably not going to place higher than Edmonton in the standings. Um, just because you can't score at the pace they can. I just I can't have another I can't do this to my own for my own health have another no. stressful year like we did last year and even the year prior like I, I've got to cool down a bit yeah last year we're like you know they should be a playoff team they're shooting now it's just like they're they're gonna battle for their playoff spot this season and I mean the year prior was just infuriating because they were so goddamn good the year before and they had us all hyped up so okay so the same thing that's happened before has happened I get so Tunnel vision on this one Edmonton Oilers game. When do we even play next? I don't know. I'm looking at the Ducks now. in our home opener tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. what's our home opener record? <laughs> you, we made it. We well, made I it think... 12, 12 straight seasons. Um, hey, girl, how you do, Bay on Twitter? Put it nice. Put it a very interesting way. You said, "Hey, I was whatever twenty six years old last time the Flames <laughs> won. How old were you when the Flames won their season opener?" Well, my dude, question. it's the, the thing that is just mind blowing. Cause we always say this, like, why do the flames have such weird, like they haven't won. It's like, Oh, the only team in professional sports who has been won on a Tuesday evening is the Calgary flames. It's like, what is it now? 11 across 11 different sports. They have the worst season opening record. Yeah, they, That's insane. They, they lead all North American professional sports by That's, a wide margin. That is the most flames thing I've ever heard in my entire life. So you got uh, Anaheim tomorrow, home opener. Detroit on the road. Washington on the road. Oh, they got a five-game road trip. Detroit, Washington, Rangers, the Devils. But you know what? That plays well into Daryl's hands because I remember – fuck, I'm just like totally – I'm going old boomer like back in Lanny McDonald's day. I'm back in 2004. But remember how fucking tough the Flames were to play on the road? Back then, yeah, and Daryl always liked those road games. Like I, he, he, I think he even had like the Kings like for home games in the playoffs, stay in hotels and shit because he's, <laughs> yeah, he he's would, down yeah. to business. Yeah, oh, the one thing coach. I did want to mention was Conroy's comments about Daryl's camp because I thought that oh, was yeah, really shit. interesting. I totally we have forgot. to get to that. Yep, yeah, I have to get that. Throw that in there. So what do you say? Well, he was on nine sixty and um, 
he was if you listen to it it was like if you just read what he said it was a little out of context um, yeah, it was weird because eh? he was Conroy was was saying that yeah the 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 management seemed a little disappointed that the the prospects and the rookies didn't uh, well not even the rookies just the prospects didn't get to play much with the team. Yeah, essentially what Conroy said is that he would have liked to see the young guys play with the younger or with the older guys, um, and he was like, I would have put Johnny with Rzichka and Kachuk. Well, and he was even saying typically that's what you do. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. yeah, typically this team sucked for 10 years. Yeah, let's let's stick with what we typically <clears throat> done. I, I honestly think it's great. Daryl is fucking 100 percent business. Oh, totally. And that's exactly what you want. So, like you're hearing from management Conroy, it's like, oh, we wanted to do things the way we always do things. Yeah, but okay. Sutter was like, No, we're gonna be ready for opening night. And they, they lost, but they, they played okay. They were um, ready. So, and you know what? I kind of like that. Like training camp, if you're in, in a position where the flames are, which is you're trying to make the playoffs and be a winner, which for better or for worse, whatever, the goal is to get your team ready to fucking go, not to screw around with developing prospects. They're not in that stage of their life cycle. So I'm glad to hear that shit. <clears throat> I'm glad to hear Daryl's like, no, this is the way we're doing it. Yeah, it's like, it's like the, it's like in the dark night rises when Bane takes over that, uh, <laughs> plane and the guy's like i'm in charge here and bane's like do you feel in charge it's like that's daryl to the management it's like i'm in charge bitches <laughs> i love it so yeah i think you're right i mean you hear this all the time getting on a, a road trip to start the season is a good way for everybody to gel and then there's no distractions they're just focused on playing hockey so we'll see how it goes 